Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278 listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by Big Thinkers Academy, where we provide professional solutions for maximizing human potential. You can always visit us at www.bigthinkersacademy.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure-earning women, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide inspiration and encouragement and knowledge to the awesome listeners that you are. And second, we have to edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and today happens to be a very special day. It's another fabulous Monday. Wow, the last Monday in the month of May in the year 2012, May 28th, Memorial Day. Can you believe how fast this time has gone by? I hope you're as excited about your future as I am because trust me, no matter what it looks like today, it is extremely bright and you just have to believe it, see it, and say it every day. You know, we are here every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so we appreciate you for spreading to wor- spreading the word. Well, you know, this is a special show, and so we want to thank the Blog Talk Network for featuring our special Memorial Day tribute uh, show today. This is our second annual show. Last year, we had the privilege and the, the pleasure to start this, and I guess it just kind of came about uh, one day, and from our my experience being uh, living uh, in the D.C. area, and really, really, uh, the appreciation for the military was strengthened for myself just by being around so many people and realizing so much of the work and the level of the sacrifice and the commitment that. So many people do on a daily basis just for our freedoms. And this show is not a political show at all today. We're just paying tribute to the service and the ultimate lives, or shall I say the ultimate sacrifice that so many, many men and particularly our focus today, women have given in serving uh, our country. You know, it's growing up, I shared this before last year, growing up, you know, my my limited focus on Memorial Day was the beginning of the summer and celebrating um, the, the, the with cookouts and all of that. And I just really, we just did not have that whole perspective on taking the time out for what the sh- the actual day is really meant to do to honor. So we want to pay tribute to those today who have served. We also uh, have a, a caption we want to share today from our Dr. Julissa, an uh, uh, awesome caption, a uh, headlight she did for us on um, fibroids as well for our wealthy 
Sister Health segment, and also we will be sharing uh, a brief segment from Marcella Malone-Williams, who's actually our wealth strategist as well. So we have a great show. Our special guest today, we'll be bringing her on shortly after our breaks here, but our very special guest today is none other than uh, Miss Elaine Donnelly. She is the founder and the CEO uh, for, or the president, rather, for the Center uh, for Military Readiness, which is an independent public policy organization that specializes in military personnel issues. Uh, it was founded in 1993 in the Center for Military Readiness advocates high single standards in training and sound priorities in military social policies. Uh, she, Miss Elaine Donnelly, has been recognized by so many. She, the Secretary of Defense, Secretary Casper Weinberger, appointed Miss Donnelly to be a member of the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in Service for a three-year term. Uh, in 1992, President George Bush appointed her to be the Presidential Commission. Uh, to the Presidential Commission, rather, on the assignment of women in the armed forces. So she has a wealth of knowledge that she will share with us today. And as a member of that committee and the Presidential Commission, Ms. Donnelly participated in fact-finding visits to numerous military bases all over the country. So she has literally been in the field, she's been in the trenches, and she knows what's happening out there. So we're thrilled to have her on our show today as well to be able to share in our special tribute. So we're, uh, know what you have to do if you just called in. We want to thank you for dialing in on this special Memorial Day as we pay tribute to the fallen women soldiers. Uh, thank you for dialing in, and you know what you need to do. you got to call, tw- text, tweet, Facebook, let them know. Let all your friends to tell them right now. Take the time out with paying a special tribute Two women today are women soldiers. We're honoring them today. So encourage all of your friends to, hey, dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. Have them dial in, or you can always listen live right here in the chat room at WealthySistersRadio.com. That's WealthySistas, S-I-S-T-A-S, Radio.com. You can tune in there, and then also you can always catch this show and all of our other great shows in the archives at WealthySistersRadio.com. You can download us there on iTunes, and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter under Wealthy Sisters. So we are there, we are around, and we thank you for really, really being the great audience that you are and tuning in to us. So when we come back from the breaks here, we're going to take a commercial break and go right into our Wealth Strategy segment for the week, and then we'll bring on our guest uh, for today, Miss Elaine Donnelly. So stay tuned and thank you so much for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters today and happy Memorial Day. Stay tuned. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Thermal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T 
T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. Well, you are live here on Wealthy Sisters. We thank you for tuning in today. Happy Memorial Day to each and every one. And we want to take this time to say we can't say thank you enough to all of the men and women who serve and to their families who pay sacrifices for allowing their families on months and months of hard and we just thank you for that today and for our presence that we have here in the United States of America. But we're going to go right into our wealth strategy segment. Um, then after that, we'll be able to bring our guest, Ms. Elaine Donnelly, on the line. This is Marcella Mullen-Williams with your Wealthy Sisters Wealth Strategy segment. When it comes to the fast-paced, high-tech society we live in today, there is no shortage of risk around us, from the individual exposed to identity theft to the business owner's risk of lawsuits. We expose ourselves to it on a regular basis. Risk is defined as exposure to the chance of injury or loss, a hazard or dangerous chance. When it comes to the financial well-being of you and your family, how exposed are you? Does your family have an effective risk management plan in place? To create an effective risk management plan for your family, you must consider preparing for two levels of risk, the risk of dying too soon and the risk of living too long. When evaluating the risk of dying too soon, you need to think to yourself, what if you were to die unexpectedly and your family members are still relying on your income? How will they replace that income? And when evaluating the risk of living too long, think to yourself, that if you were to no longer have anyone depending on your income and you made it into retirement years, how much money will you need to live on and for how long? What most Americans are unaware of is that life insurance can play a pivotal role in mitigating the risk involved in both scenarios. What is insurance? Insurance is simply put, the transfer of risk. When you purchase auto insurance, homeowners insurance, or insurance for your business, you are transferring risk from yourself to the insurance company. Permanent life insurance is no different. It can mitigate the risk involved in dying too soon by providing your family with the financial means to go on through its death benefit and living too long by possibly providing you with a tax-free stream of income for your retirement years. Unfortunately, most Americans fail to have a proper risk management plan in place because of the way they feel about life insurance. When it comes to your family, risk management cannot be left to chance. Take the time to start putting your plan in place today. Going without it is simply not worth the risk. This has been Marcella Mullen-Williams of LBG Financial Services with your Wealthy Sisters Wealth Strategy segment. To begin designing your personal wealth strategy or for more information, visit everybodyneedsinsurance.com or email info at everybodyneedsinsurance.com. Well, we are live back. Thank you so much to Ms. Marcella Malone-Williams for that Wealth Strategy segment. You can tune in to our show every week to catch that and also our new Health Strategy segment from Dr. Julissa, who's featured on the Michael Bason Show. So we today, as we continue to pay homage and we honor our fallen women soldiers and say thank you to the families who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, we have another none other than our special guest, again, Miss Elaine Donnelly, who was with us last year for our first show 
as we pay tribute to those phenomenal women. She, again, is the president of the center and the founder, actually, uh, as well, of the Center for Military Readiness, and it is an honor to have her on the show today. So we're not going to keep her from you any longer. We want to say hello and a welcome, Elaine, to Wealthy Sisters. Hi, Deborah. So nice to talk with you again, and happy Memorial Day to everybody. Thank you, and, and happy Memorial Day to you as well. And, and I must let our audience know how committed you are. You know, we, we asked you this week to come on, and you'd already had your family vacation planned, and so we want everyone to know you're in the car on the way, and you have actually right. taken time out of your schedule uh, to, to share with us today. So we don't take that lightly. Thank you again for being here. That's really nothing. When you, when you think about, you, you mentioned women in the military and how they are away from their families. They're not having mm-hmm. the summer vacations if they're deployed right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They miss a lot as they serve our country, and we appreciate that so much. We respect that. Uh, it's a very difficult life, and we're very blessed because we are a free country uh, because of people who make that sacrifice. Exactly, exactly. And in our intro, you know, we shared about this show today is a lot of times we hear, especially now during the election season, and our show is a business show. We don't really deal with a lot of politics. And so even today, this show is all about the service. It doesn't matter what political party we are part of or individuals are part of. It still is a large amount of women and, of course, men who serve no matter what party is in office and they carry out those orders that have been given to them, which is not easy for the majority of uh, our population, I would say, to be able to, to do that. So today, again, as you said, we do want to take that time to, to, to to share that, and I'd just like to ask you again, Miss Donnelly, how did you really get involved uh, in this work? I mean, your your background is is incredible. Tell us how you <laughs> came about uh, in working in this area and and doing all that you're doing. Well, thank you, Deborah, and, and please call me your name. Uh, I <laughs> yes. was very active. This was way back when I was active in politics in the Reagan campaign. I was appointed uh, following the Reagan campaign in 80 and 84 to the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services, Dakowitz. And that was quite an eye-opening experience because uh, the appointees were mostly civilian women like me. And Mm -hmm. the theory was that if there were problems that women were encountering in the military, that civilian women could report to the brass in ways that the women themselves could not. Uh, to be adver- to be advocates for women in the military. So I was a very active member. I wrote a lot of recommendations, which did come to pass later on. Uh, one thing I did not um, endorse, though, I was, and I'm still not endorsing, is the idea of female soldiers in direct ground combat. <clears throat> We're talking about the tip of the spear units, the infantry, the armor, special operations forces, Navy SEALs, those kinds of units. Uh, in that environment, and we've documented many times over, women do not have an equal opportunity to survive or to help fellow soldiers survive. So mm-hmm. when, when I was on the Dakowitz, that was like kindergarten, but the, the advanced degree came many years later when I was on a presidential commission on women in combat, and we studied that issue for a full year. 
and we heard from all branches of the service, men and women in all occupations you can think of. Uh, we, we went in, into it very thoroughly. We had all the experts you could think of, and we were a divided committee. We were not by any means marching in lockstep. People expected us to say, oh, yes, women in combat, that would be fine. Well, it didn't turn out that way because mm-hmm. we voted on a resolution. It was very simple. It said, <clears throat> careers and equal opportunity in the military for women is important, but if there is a conflict with careers and the needs of the military, the needs of the military should come first. Well, that mm-hmm. was very controversial because we had some members who said, oh, no, it's all about careers and being promoted to flag rank and generals and things like that, and uh, we had a very divided commission. So on the day that we voted was the day that George Bush lost the election, Bill Clinton took over, and uh, some of the things he did actually were, were okay, but our report never got the hearing that it deserved. Now fast forward to the present day. We have <clears throat> President Obama in the White House, and the committee that I was on many years ago, the Dakowitz, is now so far on the other side, they are embracing a different philosophy. They are saying no matter what the cost, no matter what the consequences, uh, we're going to advance women's careers until we see a woman be the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It's a totally different paradigm, and they're doing it in the name of diversity. Diversity defined differently. Diversity doesn't mean in this playbook treating everyone the same with equality, without discrimination. That's, That's the idea that we all support. Now it's different. They're saying... The military should reflect the makeup in the, in the civilian world, um, that people should be advanced just for diversity's sake. And mm-hmm. the way you do that is that there's a new phrase. It's called diversity metrics, which many people interpret to be like gender quotas. And they're quite determined to make this happen so that we'll have more women in the higher ranks, even though the same report that is being implemented said women are promoted at rates equal to or faster than men. Mm-hmm. Why don't they? Why don't we see as many generals and admirals that are women? It's because of families, the family mm-hmm. commitments that many women make at about the, the rank of colonel, colonel or captain in the Navy. At about that point, many women make the decision that, you know, the military has been great. I love my career. They've done well in their career. But if family comes first, then they don't go to get the one and the two and the three and the four stars. That's just the way it is. So, But the Pentagon is saying, well, we don't want to pay any attention to that. We're going to have diversity metrics to force women into those positions. And what is the price to be paid? Female soldiers, including the enlisted women in the infantry. Now, I just gave you in just a few minutes about, well, almost 20 years of progression of social change in the military. And we are right now at a point where even the Marines, are starting to go along with this idea, and, and I'm frankly quite alarmed about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To have to have the women on the to have women in combat come back there right there yeah. on the field. Now I know I've seen a lot of reports about uh, women, and as a matter of fact, I saw. I'm trying to remember what's the last uh, one I saw. It was one of the shows that was on television. They were talking about that. Um, what? What with with today with us talking about the amount of women that have been affected um, and lives that have been taken uh, in military combat, 
it seems that um, even though they're not on the front lines, that you know uh, there are still many, many ways that they are their lives are put at risk. Can you share some That's light right. on that as well? That's right. And the phrase is um, in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Everybody who is deployed to the war zone is in harm's way. Mm-hmm. But the combat troops we're talking about are the ones who attack the enemy. That's okay. a big difference that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, you okay. hear a lot of talk about, well, there is no front line anymore. Well, that is really an irrelevant point because in the early days of the current wars, the ones that just ended in Iraq, we did have frontline combat. The infantry, special operations forces, attacked in order to liberate Baghdad and Fallujah in November of 2004. All of these battles were indeed intense. They involved attacking, closing with the enemy under fire, and in, in, in many cases, hand-to-hand combat. And that's still happening in Afghanistan, by the way. Mm-hmm. So in that environment, the physical demands are very great. The unit cohesion, the team cohesion of the combat unit, uh, it's a bond that has to do with survival. It is not about just being liked or liking everybody. Unit cohesion means you would give your life for somebody. That is a quality that you really have to work at to develop. It takes training. It takes commitment. The worst thing you can do is introduce to these small units the perception and the reality that somebody might be getting special treatment for reasons of diversity. It is uh-huh. really not fair to the people involved to, to introduce double standards of any kind or gender norming. Now, I mentioned the Marines. Here's what's going on right now. The Marines announced several weeks ago that they're going to have some female officers, volunteers, go through the infantry uh, officer course at Quantico, all right? And they're saying that the standards will be the same. I doubt that because if you really did put women through, say, the obstacle course that's there, uh, women already go on the obstacle course, but guess what? It has two sides. You have the male side and you have the female side. So if you put the women through on the male side, guess what? There's little assists that are there to help on the obstacle course. There's like a, imagine a red wall, and it's quite high, and the job is to jump over the wall. On the women's side, there's a a plank that is uh, nailed to that wall. It's like a little assist, and it's a toehold. It helps them to go over the wall. You don't see that on the men's side. Okay. Okay. There's a couple of little assists like that. They're very subtle. You have to look for them, but they make it different. The course is different for the men and women. The rate is still very high. But if the women had to do the men's course, they have a bar they have to go over, and you can see it. It's 12 inches higher on the men's side than it is on the women's side. So I don't know whether in this test the trainees are going to have to go through this obstacle course or they're going to do something else. Uh, but I intend to find it because you can't, you cannot gender norm the battlefield. Uh, physical demands are very great. Carrying 80 to 100 pounds on your back and marching for many miles is not unusual. And at the end of that march, that's when you have to fight the enemy. Uh, you can do a controlled test where you have smaller weights and you know a short amount of time if you're marching that kind of thing, but it doesn't duplicate real battlefield. Uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid, though, that the Marines are under the pressure of the administration, and 
there will be an announcement that the test has been a success, uh, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. I think it's already mm-hmm. predetermined. And mm-hmm. it's not fair to the enlisted women. The, the enlisted women want nothing to do with this. They're not mm-hmm. the ones interested in flag rank. They're not going to flag or general rank. Uh, mm-hmm. They just want to survive, and they don't want to have their bones broken because they're being forced to do the same things as the men, even though the physiology is not the same. It's not the same. And and so what, it sounds like what you're saying here, th- that uh, this is an example of trying to compare apples to oranges, and we really can't do that because of, like well, you said, the physical. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, men and women have a lot of similarities as soldiers. Uh, certainly their commitment, their courage, no one would question the bravery of our women. They are amazing. However, the physiology is such that even the strongest woman with the best training, according to a study that was done by the Army many years ago, they can only possibly overlap with the less prepared men. The the men who are not as strong, the strongest women can overlap them for a short amount of time, but not for a full career. Endurance levels are not the same. It has to do with physiology. Even hormones have something to do with it. Heart size and capacity, endurance uh, relates to oxygen uh, being processed within the body. Uh, women do something better than men. Their physiology is such, well, they're con- configured so that a woman can bear a child. Men do not. Even the right. angle of, of the hip bones are such that the, a long march is more difficult for a woman, but the woman has the capability the man does not. But childbirth and being a soldier in war, they're two different things, aren't they? And I'm not saying one is better than the other. One group of people is better suited for it than the other. And to say that, well, if we get a few women who might be extraordinary to go through training, then we can pretend that all the women can train to that same level. That is just not going to happen. Uh, And we haven't even gotten into the other aspects, the complications when you introduce sexuality into a tight unit. Uh, It gets complicated. And I hasten to add, and this this I cannot say often enough, it's not the women who are to blame for this stuff. They're not the ones making policy. It's the people in the Pentagon who are being pressured to embrace this diversity agenda, a report that came out last year, and they're quite determined to do it. Right. Now, you know, these the, the things that you're sharing, and, and especially from, I guess, from a, a, a person uh, from the background that we think about being in corporate America, and you talk about the differences there with uh, diversity for women and equal pay and equal opportunity for women, right. and a lot of things that you're saying, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of, Initially, if if a person is not taking the time to really listen and hear what you're saying, I'm sure you get a lot of uh, resistance to that ideology that women cannot really do the same or should not be in a, a position today in 2012. How has that mm-hmm. been, and, and what do you share or what do you say to those who might not understand clearly what point you're making? Well, you have to look at it rationally. You have to look at 30 years of physical studies that have been done, um, all of which found the same thing, that you cannot treat unequal groups of people equally without having some serious consequences. In Britain, for instance, they did an 18-month test in which they trained the soldiers, the female soldiers, along with the men, 
And guess what? The injury rate skyrocketed over 200%. And Mm. breast fractures, the kinds of things that female athletes are quite familiar with, uh, they occur at much greater, much uh, more numerous times, uh, more severe among women trainees. This has occurred not just in Britain, but in, in a number of tests that have been done in the United States. Now, how do you get around this? People say, oh, no, women are doing the same thing. Why do they say that? Because they have different scoring systems. If you say, well, equal effort is the same as equal results, and a woman gets an A for doing something that would be a B grade for a man, that is not true equality. But some mm-hmm. people are led to believe that it is. Mm-hmm. So when, mm-hmm. It's like going to the gym. If you use the same, same equipment that a man uses, and the women and the men say, oh, well, they're doing the same thing. They're using the same equipment. Well, not exactly. If he's got a weight resistance that's 100 pounds and her weight resistance is 50 pounds, they're doing the same thing, but it's not the same. So it's, it's, the, same, it's the same way with gender norming scores in uh, physical tests. The only way to get around the physical disparities is to ignore them or redefine them, give them different names and different value systems. But it doesn't work on the battlefield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, now, Britain, I, I, I hate to lay out the rest of the story is, in Britain, they were expected for women being land combat. All the indicators were in that direction. But when they looked at the test results and that injury rate, they changed their mind. They and changed they, their mind. they decided not to, not to do that. In Canada, mm-hmm. another example, they do have women in the infantry, but the infantry in Canada, they do peace missions. They don't attack the enemy too much. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different uh, kind of Canadian forces. In the first round, they had a, a lot of women who applied. Only one of them succeeded. I think one out of a hundred. And she stayed in the Army for a little while. Um, but that is not something we can say, oh, well, now we can do this. We can have, you know, every patriotic young woman who wants to serve her country and say, okay, you got to go serve with the infantry now. Well, who says women want that? There is no indication that women and soldiers, the majority of them, want to be put in that situation. Mm-hmm, hmm Well, you definitely have brought up some very interesting points and uh, some great observations for all of us to really consider um, and to really pay close attention to uh, with us who are having daughters who are going into the military uh, now uh, as well and uh, building careers there. So it's definitely, uh, you've opened my eyes on a lot of it as well. Well, every... I, sometimes I hear from families and they ask about this, and I say, you need to know what you're getting into. The military is not for everybody. Some mm-hmm. women do thrive in that environment, and they do very well. Mm-hmm. But don't assume that there is any kind of exemption from being in or near combat anymore. Mm-hmm. Even if the, the infantry exemption is still on the books right now, it could go away tomorrow. It could go right. away in November. They're supposed to make recommendations this coming November. Why in November? Because they want to get a lot of things done before the next president takes office in case right. it's not Obama. Okay, right. so there's a rush of judgment going on here. And there's one more point I want to make. Citizen and women have to take this too. Uh, women are exempt from selective service registration. Okay, uh, the reason for that is the Supreme Court has ruled several times that you don't register anybody for selective service, unless there's a possibility 
that the draft might be reinstated. And you don't draft anybody unless there is a need for combat replacements. That is, when soldiers get killed, they need replacements, okay? Okay. Women are not given combat replacements for a post to register service. If the rule changes and that goes away, then civilian women would no longer have that argument to make in court. The ACLU will go into court again and on behalf of men, and this time they will win the case. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we can debate whether women should be involved in selective service or national service of any kind. But that's a decision that Congress ought to make. It shouldn't be done by a court interpreting the new policy of the Army and the Marine Corps with regard to women in land combat. It all happens, it could happen potentially, incrementally. Um, it's something we all need to think about as a nation. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, that, yes, uh, for sure. That's, that is a valid point there because, I mean, we know, of course, when the boys turn 18, of course, how. The, the difference is with that, but for now, for the daughters, that that creates a whole nother world of uh, right. things to consider there. Now, with when we think about the soldiers that we know who have uh, lost their lives, what is the most recent updated count that you've had for women? Uh, I guess between the Iraq and Afghanistan war. Deborah, your voice spoke up uh, just a little bit there. Could you repeat that? Oh yes, yes. Um, I, I think, Greg. Okay, are you are you? Can you hear us better now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay, wonderful. Well, what what has been the latest count that you've had on women that have lost their lives in serving um, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan in the most recent wars? I believe my count is at one hundred and twenty-eight, far more than mm-hmm. the women who were killed in Vietnam. Uh, again, we honor and respect all of those women and families. Um, there's probably more. I only mm-hmm. indicated the ones whose names were reported in the military mm-hmm. press. It does not count the civilian defense officials who were there. So it's actually more than that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's In terms of percentage, it's a much smaller percentage than our male personnel who have been killed. Uh, mm-hmm. They've all given their, their lives to their country. And their families grieve. All the families grieve. But when we're looking at this in the future, people have said, well, why should your daughter be exempt when my son is not? I would feel the same way if I had a son. Because Mm -hmm. the son at least has a better capability to deal with what's ahead, more so than a daughter. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean she cannot serve her country. Everybody can serve our country in some way. Uh, But not everybody is best suited to be in the infantry. There are some new positions that women are filling that only they can do. Uh, working with Iraqi civilians and children, uh, they gather intelligence just by interacting with people in the villages in Afghanistan and before in Iraq. This is valuable work. When they inspect, um, you know how women in in Afghanistan are covered from head to toe. Some Mm -hmm. of them turn out to be suicide bombers. What is the deterrent to that? We have women soldiers who put themselves at risk in doing those inspections something the men cannot do. So that position, what they call female um, interaction teams uh, or employment teams, the the work that they do is very, very important, and it needs recognition, but it does not require saying, well, that's the same as aggressive combat against the enemy. Uh, They're two different things. 
and you don't have to recognize that that kind of a, of a position by saying, well, now everybody's going to be in infantry positions. doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. female engagement. I forgot for a moment there what the E stands for. Female engagement. They engage with the civilians. And sometimes they're called lionesses. The Army calls them that. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Wow. Well, I know um, you, as we mentioned today, you're traveling uh, with your family on vacation, and uh, you've taken time out to just sh- shed some incredible information with us today on our show. What well, we want to well, thank, thank you, you again for that. Yeah. Wh- what would you like to leave our guests with uh, today for those who are possibly considering? serving in the military or um, those who may have loved ones who are currently serving in the military that are women as well? Well, the best place to get information that you won't find anywhere else, although I quote all the official sources and comment on what's happening in the Pentagon right now, is our webpage, which is www.cmrlink.org. And you'll see uh, we have three new articles there about this issue of women in combat. We have one about the figures in sexual assaults in the military, which is also skyrocketing, unfortunately. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, religious liberty is an issue we deal with, Uh, not just chaplains, people of faith. We cannot afford to have chaplains made to feel unwelcome because of the new policy change in the military, LGBT laws, we call it. Uh, all mm-hmm. of these things are personnel issues. Uh, they're not the hardware things. It's not about the number of ships and planes. It's about people, and they're controversial. But they're issues mm-hmm. that people need to take seriously. We need to have uh, debate at a higher level, I think, than we've seen in recent years. Yes, yes, wonderful, wonderful. Well, again, give your website again if anyone would again, like to. Go ahead. Okay, it's 3 cmr link l-i-n-k dot org and you'll find a lot of uh, i think very interesting and, and new articles there wonderful wonderful well again we thank you for all the great work that you are doing and want to wish you safe travels on this special memorial day and we look forward to staying in touch with you and having you back on our show as we continue to I to honor the women that call. serve my pleasure all it's right thank you so much Likewise, okay. thank you. If you just tuned in, Bye. you just heard Miss Elaine Donnelly, who is the president and founder of the Center for Military Readiness. You can go to her email address, or excuse me, her website, which is www.cmrlink.org, and uh, just catch up on some of this great information she was just sharing with us about women in combat. We know that this is a, a real hot issue right now, and and uh, she gave us some, some great perspective on things, some things that we really need to consider. Now, uh, right now, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we found um, some very, very great things here on the Internet. And uh, we have some of the names of some of the women who have lost their lives in serving in Iraq. We want to be able to share some of their backgrounds with you. Also, Afghanistan and even the Vietnam War. As we today on Memorial Day, honor the fallen women soldiers uh, here in the United States. So we want to thank you for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters. We'll be right back after this short break. Hi there. This is Bill Lee. I'm a voice talent, and I want to work for you. 
Just email me at bill at billlee.net. For God so loved the world. We've probably all heard the start to this verse, but what does it really mean in our daily lives? At FedEx, we understand you want a partner who can help you go global. That's why FedEx delivers next business day by 10.30 a.m. from more major international cities than any other express carrier. FedEx, another day, another dollar saved. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Yes, we are live back on Wealthy Sisters at this special Memorial Day tribute to the women who have given their lives and to their families. And, of course, we definitely want to recognize the men uh, as well. We want to say thank you um, and, and, and our humble gratitude of thanks to all of the families who, on a daily basis, sacrifice their loved ones, their fathers, their mothers, their sons, their daughters, aunts, nephews who have just, you know, paid the price who right now many of us are able to celebrate on this Memorial Day with our families and many of them who are overseas or away from family, but just because that's what they're supposed to do. They've, they've taken that oath uh, to serve our country, and like we said, it's not about politics. Uh, on this show today, it's all about the men and women who are serving and carrying out the orders that they've been given. So we um, want to just kind of pay uh, if you if you have some information that you or if you have a pen, you want to jot this website down. Uh, I found this this website. It's uh, called Nooney uh, Fortin. It's N O O N I E. F O R T I N dot com. So we want to pay credit to them uh, for putting this site together, and it's called Fallen Not Forgotten. Um, and it's a it's a, it's a site here that lists all of the women who have lost their lives in Iraq, and uh, you can also look on uh, Afghanistan. You also see Vietnam. So we want to just really take a moment and just kind of go over some of the stories of some of the women. As of yet, uh, the latest posting here uh, was 124 who actually served in the Iraq uh, who lost their lives, and one was USA Specialist Faith R. Hinckley on August uh, the 10th. Excuse me, August 7th. Uh, she was up Colorado Springs and she died in Baghdad from wounds she received when insurgents attacked her unit at an Army forward operating base in Iskaderia, about 25 miles south of Baghdad in central Iraq. She was assigned to the 502nd Military Intelligence. Battalion and the 201st Battlefield Surveillance 
Brigadade, Joint Base Lewis McCord, Washington, the state of Washington, and two other soldiers were injured at the same time with her, and one was sent to Germany for surgery. Uh, Faith actually enlisted in the military in 2007, August 27, 2007, and went to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, for her basic training, and to Fort, I'm not certain how to say this, Haujuchua, uh, out of Arizona, forgive me for saying that wrong, and for advanced training in her specialty, human intelligence collector. And I know Miss Donnelly just mentioned that uh, on the show. She talked about, Miss Elaine Donnelly talked about uh, the arms way, even though right now women are have not been given the full green light, which it looks like it, it is going to go that way to be to serve on the front lines. Um, many women, as we're talked about today, have are in arms way, and this is an example. And I know uh, Elaine mentioned a lot uh, of them collecting human uh, intelligence collectors there. So this is something that uh, specialist Faith R. Hinckley was. She was a human intelligence collector. And she went to Fort Lewis in August in 2008 and was deployed in Iraq uh, to 2009. And her life was taken on, as we said, August 7th. 2010, and we want to say thank you to her family and send our love towards them. She was 23 years old. We have uh, on July the 2nd, 2010, USA Specialist Morgan M. Macbeth. She was only 19, and she was from Fredericksburg, Virginia, and she died in Al-Assad, a wound sustained on the first there in a non-combat related, again, non-combat related incident in Khan Al-Baghdad. She was a healthcare specialist, a combat medic, and a paratrooper, and she was assigned to the 1st Special Troops Battalion, 1st Brigade uh, Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Morgan enlisted in the Army on the 9th of July, 2008, and went to basic training February 2009, and she was deployed to Iraq on the 17th of August, wow, 2009, with her unit, and was due to return home the next month. Her awards and decorations uh, included the Army Global War on Terror Service Medal. She received the Army Service Ribbon. Overseas Service Ribbon and Basic Parachutist Badge. Morgan was always quick, they say, with a smile, and she looked after her fellow paratroopers with keen diligence and respect. Her smile and attitude was contagious, and she had been seeking her higher qualifications in parachuting that would have made her a sergeant so she would be uh, allowed to fly more missions. A memorial in her honor was held in uh, Iraq there as well. And as we said, she grew up here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia area. Um, Also, we'll also recognize on March 13th, 2010, USA, Private First Class, Erin L. McLemon, she was 26 years old, and she was of Federal Way, Washington, the state of Washington, and she died in Baghdad from wounds she sustained when enemy forces attacked her base with mortar fire. Uh, she was assigned to the 20. 20- 296 Brigade uh, Support Battalion, and she was the third striker, uh, I guess, Brigade Combat Team, 
2nd Infantry Division, Joint Base Lewis-McCord, Washington, and Erin lived most recently in Federal Way. She had overcome drug addiction in her teen years, and after rehab, Erin graduated from Sheldon High School in 2001 in Eugene, Oregon. She was named the school's Turnaround Achievement Award student in honor really, that recognizes select middle and high school students who work to overcome barriers in their personal success. And Erin enlisted in the Army on New Year's Eve, and she was assigned to Fort Lewis on April 6, 2009, and served with the 296th Brigade Support Battalion. And we definitely want to send blessings to her family as well. And then we'll uh, wrap up here for Iraq um, with USA. Specialist Lakeisha M. Bailey, 23, of Columbus, Georgia, who died north of Alcott from injuries she sustained during a vehicle rollover along with another soldier. They were both heavy vehicle drivers assigned to the 203rd Brigade Support Battalion attached to the 1st Battalion, 10th Field Artillery Regiment. Um, it says here that, that they were out of Fort Benning, Georgia, and Lakeisha graduated in 2004 from Spencer High School, where she excelled in math and enjoyed cosmetology and home economics. After Spencer, she was enrolled at Columbus State University before leaving to enlist in the Army in February 2006 and then was assigned to Fort Benning in 2006. Lakeisha had already uh, been to Iraq in 2007 for a year and gained a more experience and confidence, and she was committed to her new profession and hoped to become a sergeant during the summer of 2009. She was the Soldier of the Month for her unit and a few months later received the title of Soldier of the Quarter. Prior to deploying for a second time to Iraq, uh, in 2009 of October, she was married and felt more prepared for war. Lakeisha had a passion for life, loved the Army. It, it says she loved the Army and was a fun person to be around. She loved dancing and was always looking for an adventure. And her military awards include the Army Commendation Medal, the Army Achievement Medal, and the Con Good Conduct Medal, the National Defense Service Medal, and two Iraq Campaign Medals, and a Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, a Non-Commissioned Officer Professional Development Ribbon, and Army Service Ribbon, and an Overseas Service Ribbon. Lakeisha's body was due to, um, well, they brought her back to the uh, Dover Air Force Base there. So that um, we've just gone over a few of the names. As I said, you can go to the website www.noonieforti.com and they have listing here just some of the soldiers that we now see um, for Afghan, they, as of the site was recently updated 29th of uh, 2012 and it had 46 women killed during um this this operation and on December the 21st 2011 USA uh, specialist Michaela A Bragg who was 21 years old of Longview Washington was shot and killed in a guard tower in close in the close province of Afghanistan she was assigned as a motor transport operator with the 2001st 
Brigadade Support Battalion, the 3rd Brigadade Comeback Team, and the 1st Infantry Division of Fort Knox, Kentucky. Michaela, was, uh, who graduated from Mark Morris High School in 2008, graduated basic training at Fort Sill, was classified as a sharpshooter because of her accuracy with a rifle, deployed from Fort Knox in August, and was due to return to the United States, wow, on January 6th, and her life was taken just a few weeks prior to that in December. Mm, she was re- she was due to return this year, January 6th. Michaela joined the Army to earn money to pay for college, and she hoped to go into a field helping people or animals. Her father flew there uh, to to identify, as they said, her remains there. Then on uh, November 1st, 2011, uh, we have specialist Serena N. Butcher or Butcher. She was just 19, and and it it says uh, Chekota. She was formerly of Crossit, Oklahoma, and she died in Pakatia, a province which was another soldier from wounds suffered when they their vehicle was attacked by in uh, prison. Let's see, an explosive device, and they were assigned to the 700th Brigade Support Battalion, the 45th Infantry Comeback Team, Oklahoma National Guard of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Serena had attended Chicotua Public Schools for two years before joining the Army National Guard in March of 2010, and she graduated from basic training, uh, basic comeback training at Fort Jackson in Columbia, South Carolina, and she followed that, uh, her advanced training at Fort Lee in Virginia, where she served from October 2010 through April 2011 as an automated logistical specialist at Fort Lee prior to deploying to Afghanistan, where she was assigned similar duties. Her job was determined um what her job was to determine what supplies go where and how they are stocked and she is the youngest Oklahoma National Guard member to die in combat and is the youngest to have been killed in Iraq or Afghanistan. Serena has been awarded the National Defense Service Medal, Army Service Ribbon, and the Oklahoma National Guard Good Conduct Medal during her 18 months of service. She was the mother of two of a two-year-old daughter who lived with Serena's grandparents, James and Martha Mills of El Dorado, during her deployment. So we definitely uh, want to send our respects and love towards their families as well. And we'll go to this site again if uh, if you just tuned into the show if we're paying honor and tribute to the fallen women soldiers uh who have given their lives in service for us here in the United States for the country. We want to um just let you know of this site that we found that you can learn and you can see and you can put a face. I think it's it's really important as we take time to slow down. Uh, we we are really uh, on a rush with everything. I know I am. I know how busy life can keep us. But out, and I can't stress this enough. Outside of all the political, um, whatever our political opinions are, whether they're we're independent, whether we're democratic, or whether we're Republican, at the end of the day, we all are Americans, and there are American men and women who actually give their lives 
and who believe in supporting whatever political office is, you know, political party is in office and whatever orders they are given in protection. Whether we believe in what they're supposed to be doing and what they're sent to be doing, we are not dealing with that today on the show. This is about the fact that there are people who are out there every day and their families who um, who take the time out, the families who pay the price, the children who who miss their parents, and and quite often here over the past few years, the repeat, the repetitive trips that I mean I know people who've had to go back to back to back to serve uh, in these these wars, the current wars that we've been, whether they're conflicts or wars or whatever we want to call it, combat. Uh, those people who are doing that. So we we are here taking time today on Wealthy Sisters to honor those. And you can go again to the site, www.nooneefortin.com, and you can check some of the things that we're sharing. And just want to just uh, just end with a few of the women who were killed in the uh, Vietnam War in 1962, um, there was one U.S. civilian woman all the way down to 1975. Uh, there was one U.S. military woman and 38 U.S. civilian women. They have it broken down here on the site with a total of 68 U.S. women who were killed during the Vietnam War. And when you read here along, you will also find the civilian women. And these women were killed uh, in a crash they said C-5A Galaxy outside Saigon while transporting Vietnamese children. So they, they have their names here listed. And I, I want to end the show uh, with listing their names, and we're going to take the time out to end with a moment of silence as we, again, want to pay our respects and say thank you uh, for those who have given their lives and serving in service for our country. And we want to thank each and every one of you all who have tuned in to our show. We thank you uh for the weekly times that you're here as well. And we just let you know that you can if you just tuned in, you can download this show. It'll be available immediately following uh there on iTunes, also on our website at Wealthy Sisters Radio. That's S I S T A S WealthySistersRadio.com, uh, you can definitely find us there as well. And we know that you know you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. But we want to end the show, as I said, uh, with the reading the names here of some of the women who gave their lives, the civilians who gave their lives there in Vietnam War. And it reads as follows, Barbara Adams, Clara Bayot, Nova Bell, our leader, Bert Well, Helen Blackburn, Anne Bodroff, Celeste Brown, Vivian Clark, Juanita Creel, Marianne Crouch, Dorothy Curtis, Twyla Donaldson, Helen Dry, Teresa Dry, which was a child, Mary Lynn Eachlin, Elizabeth Fugino, Ruth Ann Gasper, Beverly Herbert, Penelope Hindman, Vera 
Holly Ball, Dorothy Howard, Barbara Calvila, Barbara Mayer, Rebecca Martin, Sarah Martini, Martha Middlebrooks, Catherine Moore, Martyr Marshkin, Marianne Polgrian, June Poulton, Joan Prey, Sayana Randall, Ann Reynolds, Marjorie Snow, Lori Stark, Barbara Stout, Doris Jean Watkins, and Sharon Wesley. We want to thank you for tuning in today, and we'll end our show with a moment of silence as we continue to honor the women and the men who have given their lives in service. Thank you. God bless the families. And we will see you next week. has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman, turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister, and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysisters.com.